Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy and Mr. Probs. Look, worship leading can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... Ah! I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode 39 of the Worship Leader Probs Podcast. What's up, Big Tasty? (laughs) What is up, in fact? Dude, so you know what the difference is between you and I and everyone else in the United States of America right now? What's that? Scott Longyear made us hamburgers at his house last night. Hello. <laughs> and they were speaking of Big Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> big Tasty for the Big Tasty. Yes. <laughs> so we are like so hyped right now because Scott Longyear is with us on the podcast. And if that wasn't hype enough, we we're actually sitting in the same room with Scott Longyear. So me and Brian and Scott are all hanging out at Maryland Community Church right now, and we are getting to record a podcast together in person. This is like heaven. So much fun. So much fun just to dream and and talk and pray together and and all that. So, And Worship Leader Probs Nation, just hold on to your britches because there's about 10 post-it notes on the wall right now of ideas of big and not those notes, yeah not, not those little bitty <laughs> not those little bitty notes man these are those like like king size these are industrial strength absolutely so We've got some fun stuff coming at you yeah i mean i wish i could spoil it right now but i'm not going to but we're very very excited for all that god is uh allowing us to do so gentlemen how we doing how's life i just want to say to you scott so Big Tasty and I showed up here. We were supposed to come to his house last night. And we were like, you know what? Let's just go over there now. What's he going to do? Kick us out of the church? And so <laughs> he tried to have us kicked out of the church. We went up to, and, and this is how cool Scott Longyear is. Like, you guys think Big Tasty's cool because he's got recessed lighting, which I found out not only in his house, but also in his office. <laughs> but Scott Longyear, you have to go through two different secretaries to even get to him. Exactly. I mean, you want to talk about being cool. <laughs> it's because of the threats, mostly. I mean, that's why. <laughs> so we, we show up and we just take a picture of the outside of the sanctuary. And Scott's like, you dogs. So he says, come to the front desk. We go to the front desk. We talk with secretary number one. And she was all, do you have an appointment? And we we're like, no, we're just here to see this is like Scott Long here. And next thing you know, his personal assistant, I guess, or his executive assistant comes out. Hey, Scott's in a meeting right now. I'm so, and we're like, he's uh, not even here. He's not even here. Yeah. And then I said, he just comes walking out, got you guys. And like his secretary <laughs> played it like perfect. It was amazing. Beast mode, man. Yeah. So how are we doing? Man, I'm good. It's uh, summertime, right? Yeah. I don't know how everybody else feels, but I, I have to work extra hard to keep the motivation up in the summer. Yeah. Like our staff is, we're not together. No, not everybody is together because we're just passing. Everybody's in and out for vacations. I feel like sometimes the energy level, because the numbers always take a little bit of a dive. Yeah. The energy level goes down and I never want to give up on that. I think, you know, some people are like it's summer. So we're just kind of coasting. And I just find I have to work harder at generating the energy in the summer. And there's it's just it's it's just tougher. I don't know if you guys find that as well. Absolutely, man. At at our place, people are in and out for vacations, and the student guys and children's people are all going to camp and trips and conventions and all that stuff. And when you have a job that doesn't involve camps, now look, I'm super glad that my job does not involve camp. <laughs> but when when you're one of the few that kind of stay, yeah, it there are some quiet days in the office. That's not all bad, but 
yeah. when there's a bunch of them in a row, it is it's kind of bad. So like, I, I mean, I'm I'm on three weeks of vacation right now, so I'm <laughs> I'm happy as can be. So like for oh. you guys though, what does that look like practically to keep the motivation up? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it just forcing yourself to dream? Is it like what does it look like to stay engaged over the summer? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I I think. I find myself with a little bit more space to, to dream and think and plan. Um, I also have to tell myself, we talk a lot of times, I teach our, our, what I've said to our worship teams is that the platform leads the room. The room doesn't lead the platform. Ooh, that's good. And so if our, a lot of times we wait for, we get feedback from energy from the room. And if you wait that because your numbers are down and people are a little bit sleepy or they're just returning from vacation, then you're not going to lead very well. So you just kind of have to be extra mindful of that as like, I'm going to, so for me as a communicator, uh, there are times when I feel like the room is cold. It's no fault of any worship or program. It's just for whatever is a cold room. Yeah. And so I know like, okay, I got to grab this room by the throat intentionally for the first few minutes of communication to kind of just shake everybody awake a little bit. So I think it's some more intentionality of that. Um, But also, I, I think, I think one of the beautiful things of it is that that we know we're kind of in the the summer, whatever you call it, the summer slumps or the summer doldrums or something. But you know, like the fall's coming, baby. Yeah, the fall is coming, and it's gonna be it's gonna be lit, as the kids say. It's gonna be a bop. It's gonna be a bop, and that's the thesis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now. I go home to my teenage to my twenty year old daughter, and I'm like, I looked at her, I, and I said that after the last podcast, like, what's the thesis? <laughs> She looked at me like, what? I said, what's the tea, sis? And she's like, who have you been listening to? <laughs> Big Tasty. After that episode, my wife told me that she she knew what it was. She couldn't believe I didn't know. And I was like, how do you know what this means? She said, oh, I had a student at the end of the year come up. And I was like, she, I was like asking her like, hey, what's going on with so-and-so? She goes, okay, I'll spill the tea. <laughs> and Lori goes, what? And she goes, I'll spill the tea for you. <laughs> so, so Lori knew exactly what you meant by that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. So have we ever told you guys about the experience conference? I've heard a little bit of something about it. I, I mean, mentioned, maybe mentioned it a time or two, but have we ever told you like how much it means to the worship leader probs nation to us? Because so much right now there's, there are our title sponsor for the podcast. And so like, you know, you might think, Oh great. You have to say nice things. Nice thing about them. They're, they're paying you for this. Dude, that's not the case. If you've been a listener of the podcast at all, We've been talking about them since episode one yep. before we even entered yep. into any kind of a thing with them. Right. And right. so, man, we can't encourage you enough to come to the to the uh, the conference this year. Good look, amazing lineup, amazing group of speakers. You get to see Scott Longyear on stage. You can come and uh, be a part of a live recording of one of our podcast episodes. You can come hang out with us in, in in the exhibit hall area. Like, there's a lot of cool reasons to go. But what I can't seem to emphasize enough for you guys is like, while all that draw is good, I have gone eight years in a row and it's for one reason and one reason only. I encounter God every time I go. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I walk away refreshed. I walk away meeting new people. Um, The Lord does something significant in my life every single year. And so like, I'll be like in my church, it got the experience conference budget got pulled out of my, my ministry budget. I've been paying my own way to go the last two years. And this year is another year. I'm paying my own way to go because I can't see myself not going because I want to have those experiences with God. And so, um, man, 
all three of us are, are part of the experience conference. That's how we met. It is. It's how mm-hmm. God That's met how this whole thing together. Got connected, man. Uh, Brian serves on the advisory board for it. Scott is the pastor of the conference, and I get to do some some stuff with production. Um, it's just it's a really cool thing, and man, we just would love to see you guys come out. So go to experienceconference.com and you can uh, sign up there. Absolutely. It's so well rounded too, because you not only get you know. I, I think people come for the artists and speakers, like you say, but then they meet they meet the Lord in a way that they haven't. And you get to sit there and like you're able to see like you're not I, I love I'm not responsible for anything in the room. Like I'm not responsible for if the PA doesn't sound great or if this or whatever. So you're able to take just to take a seat and worship. And one of the most powerful things to me is that I get to meet Jesus with my team. Yeah. So there have been some moments where I've looked down the row. And I'm with my entire team and we are like going for broken worship, hands raised, declaring the worth of God collectively. And I'm just like, what other environment could you do that in? Yeah. Certainly not on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of power. Not only are you going to be trained, not only are you going to be spiritually encouraged and refreshed. And we hear, we hear all the time. I was in a, a coming down the hallway one year and the guy just, just stopped me and he said, hey, uh, my resignation letter was written and ready to print as soon as I got home because I was done with ministry. And I met the Lord here and just convinced that I need to keep going. Yeah. And wow. those are just common stories of, of wow. the way that the Lord pours in and uses this environment just to encourage uh, uh, encourage us spiritually. Like if this helps at all with giving you an idea of the heart behind the conference, two things that blew me away the first year I went. Number one, you're going to be prayed over the moment you walk in. You have been prayed over for days right, leading up to right. it. And then the other thing is, one of the things, you know, many of us, we've talked a lot on here, like we're huge proponents of counseling and help and things like that. Dude, they do free counseling for anybody. All you do is text into a number and you'll get a, a time slot. I had a friend that went to it last year and it was pivotal and it's free. It's anonymous. Right. right. You can just come and get some help and talk to somebody. I mean, if that doesn't right there, just show you the heart behind the conference. Again, amazing lineup. Like, I don't know that you're going to find another conference where you can see a lineup like this, but like, look past that and just know God does something there. Right. And totally serious about what the Lord does. We have a, a ministry team that will be uh, fasting and praying for 30 days straight leading into it. So for 30 days, we're knocking on uh, the Father's door, just saying, pour your spirit out on your servants, heal right. them mm-hmm. up. And so um, I, I just just love it and hope to, hope to see you there. Um, we'll all three be there. Come and just uh, say hello and um, and just wear yourself out worshiping the Lord and taking in just some some new uh, just some new environments and some new Amen. training. Yeah, it's Amen. good stuff, right? Excellent stuff. I don't know why my mom growing up, my mom would say that's good stuff, Maynard. I have no idea what that even means. Maynard, Maynard, Maynard. 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 Good Maynard. stuff, Maynard, Maynard Ferguson fan. I- I actually know who that is. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Do you know who Maynard Ferguson is? <laughs> I think I He's do. a screamer back in the day, man. A little trumpet. Yeah, he was oh, a trumpet yeah. player. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. The Rocky theme. That's Maynard Ferguson. Screaming it, man. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, you want to jump into... What are you doing? Wait just one second. Oh, okay. I feel like we missed an opportunity in the last episode. Did we not? So, baby shark, dun, 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 baby shark, dun, 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 baby shark, dun, 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 baby oh, shark. Oh man, it was funny. That is an earworm. I'm not sure that that even counts. I'm, I'm, I'm in Scott's basement doing my stretch routine, and all of a sudden I hear 
baby shark. <laughs> and Brian's like, have you heard this? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, have you heard? I'm like, I have nieces and nephews. <laughs> Man, that song drives me nuts. Yeah, but then once it gets in there, you can't stop singing. It's can funny. You? It you're is, welcome. It does you're welcome for uh, for letting Jeremy put that in your brain now, right? <laughs> uh, dude. I, that's gonna be awesome. I'm so I'm so excited right now. <laughs> now it's the baby shark. Da, 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 da. The daddy shark voice is my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. On the What's it sound like? Uh, it's like a dad. What? Why? Why get to show us? You, you show us. <laughs> you know, I show them all the time. The Daddy one. shark, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, let's get into our first segment of the podcast that we like to call Prayer Concerns. Every week on the Worship Leader Pros podcast, this this is really our fan favorite portion of the podcast. Um, you guys have been so faithful. You send us in all of the complaints, the things that people will put on your connection card, your welcome card in the prayer section. So like, we're all very specific. Please reserve all comments for the pastoral staff or whatever. This is for your prayer concerns. And somebody will still put, the lights are too bright. It's too too loud. We need more toilet paper in the bathroom. Um, and so um, we like to read these here on the air. And we always like to say this like as a caveat. This has nothing to do with like making fun of people or anything like that. Like many of you, as you're sitting in your churches and in, in your church context, you're thinking, am I the only person dealing with this? And then you all of a sudden you hear a prayer concern like, oh my gosh, somebody just said that to me the other day. And so we feel like what it does is it helps you to make it feel like maybe the world's not quite so small and that there's other people going through the same things that you are. And so Brian Tabor, what are we talking about today? Let's go. Prayer concern number one. Worship was okay today, but if you want it to be great, you should play some old songs. <laughs> We've all gotten that one. Oh my gosh. We've all gotten that one. And the crazy like, so what kind of old songs? Because old songs, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's like what what kind of old songs? But yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my, I think that's a little bit of a moving target, depending you know what I mean? Like I yeah. sometimes they say hymns, but it's in a service where we just did two hymns. So this would be interesting, like like 40 years from now, that same comment, what are they going to be? You know, why aren't we doing some hill song? Exactly. <laughs> you know? You know, there's a song called So Will I back in the day that was really, <laughs> revival happened when we sang So Will I. <laughs> now we're singing this crazy And what's that crazy stuff? <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. I can't wait though. Uh-huh. I'll be honest. Like, it, who knows? It may just be go circular and it's like going to be some chants. <laughs> Back <laughs> yeah, they're back to the hymns. They're like, we ought to sing some hymns. Never mind. We are singing those. I don't know what's happening right now. Because old for me would be pretty new for you guys. Yeah. So <laughs> come on. Come on. All right. Number two. I was seven months pregnant with my first baby, feeling very self conscious and huge while leading worship on the stage every week. And an older man in our congregation told me that the striped maternity dress I was wearing made me look much bigger than I actually was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Come on. I just... That's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> what? That's a... Come on, fam. I mean... Come on. I can't picture a situation ever that I would do that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, it makes you wonder, was that like a homeschooler? That... <laughs> <laughs> did, you just, did you just defend every homeschooling... <laughs> I think Child so. and parent? I think so. I Baby. Think. Hey, you guys ever seen a homeschool high five? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're, that's rough. The opinions expressed by Jeremy Van Volkenberg <laughs> yeah, exactly. may not reflect the opinions of worship leader Probs Media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Retweets are not endorsements. 
But what goes through somebody's mind when they're like, you know what? I think I'm going to walk up and tell her that. Yeah, she's going. She would really want to know <laughs> that I think she looks really big in that outfit. That's because that, she probably doesn't know. So I'm going to tell her. Yeah, that's exactly. going to be very edifying to the community. Seven months. Oh, man, stop and think before you speak, man. Yeah, man. Click the edit button. <laughs> you know. All right, number three. I was leading worship by myself at a small Presbyterian church, and an older lady came up to me after church and told me that the music was just way too loud. And it was just me and an acoustic guitar. Nice. <laughs> nice. Way too loud. Way too loud. Those acoustic guitars can get pretty crazy. <laughs> Raucous. Oh, my goodness. All right, number four. That's going to be good. <laughs> no, when he starts <laughs> laughing sorry, beforehand. Sorry. sorry. One time I wore a shirt that had a one-inch jester on it, like a king's court jester. Okay. After church, a lady came up and said she couldn't get into worship because my shirt was distracting to her. She said it was a demon and it was staring at her the whole time from the other side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, does she got like those opera binoculars up there looking at the stage? Like, Stoink. Oh, man. Come on, fam. Number five, you guys should dress more modest. Co cover everything except ankles and elbows. <laughs> Gosh. Number six, do non-stage prayer concerns count? We got an email from someone saying they saw somebody driving crazy in our town and that person had one of the church stickers on their car, so we need to tell our members to slow down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Come on, fam. Number seven, I normally play drums in our services, but lately I've been playing acoustic and singing lead vocal. Yesterday after church, an older woman approached me and said, you were wonderful up there. It's so nice to hear a pleasant voice up there for once. And she didn't realize that all the other vocalists were standing behind her. Oh. <laughs> if you're going to give a comment, think. Yeah. If you're going to, like, does it really? Encourage oh, one another. Man. Build each other up. Have you ever, have you ever had that happen to you? Where you were like saying something and all of a sudden like the person was there or like standing behind you. Pretty rough. <laughs> he's behind me right now. Yeah, he's, right. he's literally behind. <laughs> like the, the way your stomach just goes boom. Like a timpani drum when they like hit it, you know? I've done the I've done the online uh method of that where I accidentally reply all instead of just replying one person. Oh no. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh no. That. Yes. I did that once. I did that once. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. So it, bad. It's uh yeah. I can't even tell the story because it's, so, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. So it's so good then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. Number eight, the, the bottom of the pudding cup. Pudding cup. Someone left a comment on our Facebook Live. Our pastor's wife was wearing pants and not a dress. Then they said, if that lady wasn't wearing pants, then the people would get saved and the Spirit of God would fall down on the people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come on, fam. What? Uh, is that like a weird traditional thing? Like for me as a younger guy, like that doesn't make any sense to, because I would think like from a modesty standpoint, wouldn't pants be more modest than a dress? Yeah. I mean, there's some, there are some traditions, uh, some, some church denominations and traditions that are, it's dress. It's really? Pants. Uh -huh. That's yeah. really interesting. Oh yeah. It, it was there like in like older church culture that like, 
I know people dress nicer to come to church years ago than they do now. Like, what was the reason behind that? Did they feel like wearing your best is something God called? For? Like, I, I, it's a culture I don't understand yeah. when people get into that stuff. Well, the, the theological, uh, the theological context behind it is. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea what the <laughs> theological context is, but from what I've heard, it's dang it. I was ready to settle in for a long theological <laughs> chat. Let's go. Leviticus talks about. Uh, <laughs> All I've heard is like, you know, we, we're supposed to give our best to the Lord. So why would we not, why would we not dress our best? So interesting because we were a multi-campus. So in our, at our second location, which is uh, a church that we adopted, a church had said, we're going to close. Will you take us over? We found a picture from the, uh, that they had from the 1950s and their entire, it was of their congregation. So they took it from stage. Every dude, and it's packed out a, a a room of about maybe 300 and it's packed out every dude in a suit really and every woman in a dress and several hats wow probably average age mid 50s to 75 wow and hardly anybody cracking a smile mm. it's kind of weird that is crazy but it was like i mean everybody was sharp dressed man but and I, and I, you know i'm i'm all about like like you know Look sharp, think sharp. I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. Um, you know what they call that these days? What do they call that? It's called drip. Drip. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, you got to have drip. Got to have the drip. style. Drip is style. Yeah, yeah. drip is style. Respect okay. that. I just drip. learned that. So their drip back respect then drip. was, yeah. Back then, the drip was the tea, sis. I mean, I, but you know, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not saying these things because I'm like disrespecting them. Like we stand on their shoulders. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like sure. back in the when you when what year did you say it was from? That was probably in the 50s. A church 50s of 300 in the 50s? That's like a big deal, isn't oh, it? Oh, they were rocking. I mean, they were, yeah, they, it, this was some of, you know, probably the biggest church in our area um, and doing some great, great work, you know? And I do think there is something about about that. I think I think you can be too casual. Yeah. You know, kind of, it's just like, you know what, I mean, I don't, I don't care. Not that it's about you, but there's something about bringing your Lord the best. Um, at the same time, I'm not, I don't preach in a suit or anything like that. And it would, you know, but- I don't know, hold dress pants and, and all. I do believe in modesty. I believe if you're yeah, if you're on stage and you're taking attention to anything except the Lord, whether you're and you know, I think you can be dressed drowned too much or you yeah. can be dressed up too much. Yeah. I guarantee if I come in in a three piece pinstripe, I'm gonna be bringing some glory to myself and not to the Lord. You know, because I'm gonna make that pinstripe look good. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> Drip. <laughs> As if we call him Big Drippy Pastor. <laughs> Was that number eight? That was it, man. I'm so sad. Man. I love those so much. <laughs> They're so amazing. Keep, keep sending, sending them in, in, man. Yeah, keep on sending them in. Um, you can DM those to us. You can email them, info at worshipleaderprobs.com, and uh, we'll keep you anonymous. We're not going to rat anybody out on here, but yeah. we will laugh <laughs> with But we you. would like to come and see your church sometime. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Hey, can I ask a question to the nation? Absolutely. Have you subscribed to the podcast? Have you subscribed and rated us five stars? Because looking, anything else is right. uncivilized. Is uncivilized. uncivilized. Doinkish, man. That's right. We're looking for the big Cinco. Yeah. <laughs> right? And those are those are still climbing. They're still climbing. And uh, like I've said in the past, like no less than 20% of our self-esteem comes from those reviews. So <laughs> <laughs> keep us pumped up, fam. Yeah, we need you. So. All right. Well, let's jump into our last portion of the podcast uh, we like to call sliding into the DMs. 
So I know we say this incessantly, but we get a lot of DMs. When you get 50,000 plus followers, like it, it can be hard to keep up with all the questions that are coming in. We try our best to be able to be there for you guys. Like we sometimes see this, like we kind of laugh like behind closed doors, like a, it's a glorious burden being there for people. Like we love doing it, but sometimes it can get a little overwhelming and we can't always, we don't have enough time usually to really go into some of these questions that we get in the DMs. And so we have this portion of our podcast that we call sliding into the DMs because we take a couple of the questions that we see kind of recurring theme that we keep seeing. Uh, and we kind of sit down and get some time to flesh them out in person. And so uh, in this episode, you're not going to get any kind of a, a celebrity interview. You've got the three of us. And the reason we want to do that is because we want to answer just a few more of these questions that we have. And so um, if you ever want to send in your questions, you can DM us uh, from the Instagram account and we'll go through those. And we would love to either spend some time right then and there. And we'll send you a reply back or we'll talk about here on the podcast. And so big tasty. What do we got this week? We got two two this week. Uh, the first one is one that we get a lot, and that is how do you get your congregation to engage in worship? And in a strange turn of events, Brian Tabor has offered to go first. <laughs> Gosh, that's wow. so surprising. Yeah, that, that almost doesn't sound like me. No, it doesn't sound like <laughs> you. It almost is shocking. To <laughs> Man, I'll 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 give you some of my thoughts. I think. Um, you know, consistency is important. Uh, you know, leading uh, with authenticity, leading from a, a place where uh, our our leadership is just an overflow of what is happening in private, uh, in our own private worship and our walk with the Lord. I think, um, man, uh, people people lead busy lives. Distractions. There's phones. There's all kind of. I, I think, you know, leading with, with authenticity is, is so important to get, to get the congregation to participate, to put their distractions aside. You know, that's something that we pray every week uh, with our team, you know, God help our congregation to set down, uh, sit down, whatever distractions they brought with them. And may they see or hear something from us that, that points them to you, that connects them to you. Um, I, I, I think those are, I think those are really important. I think, I think to lead them, you have to know them. Um, and so I, I was with, I was with somebody just recently, um, who, who said something to me that I had never heard before. And, you know, as we're leaders, the three of us are pastors, uh, you know, shepherds, Shepherds smell like sheep. That's good. I'd never heard that before. Maybe that's a really common thing, but that really rocked me um, because to, you know, really to lead them, you need to know them. Um, and I think knowing your congregation is a really important step that many times doesn't get the importance that it should get because when you, when you know your congregation, you're going to, yeah, you want to you want to lead them, but you also don't want the worship service to be this foreign experience for them. You know, if your yeah. congregation is made up of a certain age group of people, um, you want to pick songs that are going to reach that age group of people. You know, if, uh, depends on where you're located. You know, styles, all those things are are important. But you got you got to know your people. Those are just some some things I, I would say. Yeah. What, what about you guys? 
Yeah. Uh, we had talked about this beforehand. And so I just kind of put together, you know, some, uh, some of my ideas. I totally agree that you, you lead from the overflow. Um, and we've probably been in dangerous places before where we've led. Um, and we're like, man, I have not spent any time with Jesus this week. And that's just a dangerous place. And then you're like, I wonder why people aren't engaging. Like, really? Like, and so, so I'm a huge proponent on that. We continue to say, and we'll continue to harp on this, that the most important thing that you can do, whether you're tech senior or, or worship, worship leader or part of the, whatever it is, your role is that your most important uh, job is to lean into Jesus and to know him because before you can make him known, you have, you have to know him. So huge on that. I would say in my observations, um, you can change a room when you crack your heart open, stop hiding behind your guitar or your drum kit or hiding behind a song or hiding behind a track. Yep. Um, because you know, what's, what separates karaoke from worship is that you're bringing and ascribing worth to the Lord and you're doing it from a place where I'm actually doing this myself. And so uh, I think <clears throat> part of it for you is you need to say, like, as I'm singing a song of how great are you, Lord, or whatever you're singing, say you're singing how great are you, Lord. I'm thinking in my mind of the greatness of God in my life. God, you were great last week when you did this. You were great when you did this. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm worshiping and people are compelled towards that. They're drawn towards that. So that softens up the room a little bit. I think there are some practical steps that we can take, like put your, uh, put your songs in singable keys. Amen. We yeah. talk about key of audience, not key of singer. That's yeah. so good. And so, uh, Redmond said, Matt Redmond said years ago, um, you know, I don't go above a high E when I sing because, the uh, the room, most of the time the room can't sing it. Yep. Uh, and so I know that's sometimes tricky because you have a male leading a vocal or a female leading the vocal. Um, if you want more energy in the room, you've got to put it in an upper register, you know, great are you Lord, you know, down here versus, you know, mm. it's your, you know, it's your breath on our, you know, it's like, you just got it when you're up there, you get more power, yeah. you get more power, you get more volume in the room, you get more volume in the room, you get a little bit more engagement. Uh, now we're not trying to manipulate, but, but we're trying to sweep people along. So I think you're, uh, in singable keys, you're singable songs. Some songs, Boy. are they singable or are they not singable? You know, there may be a great song that you just, it's not, it's not easy to, it's not easy to latch onto. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of setting the culture of the room and lowering the lights in the room. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, well, we should see each other worshiping because it's community. I'm like, that's not, <clears throat> that's just my, my personal bias is not to, because I feel like if the lights are lower, people feel more invisible. They're more apt to express themselves in worship. They're more apt to sing louder. They're more apt to like, raise a hand or do something. Uh, the more apt to come to an altar if if that's kind of if that's kind of your practice. Um, I just had a conversation with our worship team, and I don't do this very often, um, but because I've been involved in worship, I kind of drive them a little bit crazy because we split hairs in as we evaluate our services. Uh, but I came in and I just said, okay, and I I don't do this very often, but I said I said from our platform, here's a phrase I never want to hear again. And um, one of our one of our full time worship leaders looked at me and I said, you know what I'm going to say. And she said, yeah. I said, here's the phrase I never want to hear again. Come on, church. Come on, church. And so they got kind of quiet. And I said, here's why. I said, I feel like, I feel like when we're saying, come on, church, come on, church, that you're actually yelling at the people. I know you want to get engagement, but I'm not sure that you're really getting the engagement that you want. I feel like it's, it's we're all sitting around. Uh, so we were sitting around last night having some burgers off the grill. And if I would have looked at you guys and, and said, eat your burgers. Eat your burgers. You know, how are the chips? You know, like, like, uh, come on, eat. Come on, eat. Like, I'm yelling at you to eat verse, verses. 
dude, this is maybe the best hamburger I've ever cooked on the grill. What are you going to do? You're going to pick up that burger and go, oh, man. See, there's an invitation now versus me. And so so I said, listen, I, don't, I, I think we just need to, to bring people and not just try to put a knee in their back. Like, come on and yell at them. And I said, plus, uh, I feel like it's just getting, we're, we're getting lazy with it. It's yeah. an easy thing to say. Come on, church. Come on, church. And if I'm like, I'm like, what does that, what does that really even mean? Like, let's sing louder versus, versus God, aren't you great? Okay. Now you're inviting me, you're inviting me into that. So I think that, that those might change some things. Uh, I also think about, um, man, we had just talked about some stuff that Candace Payne said when she was on oh, man. the podcast. Now she really rocked us up in, in some of that. And Whew. one was just in, it really impacted you, right, Brian? Yeah, it impacted me. So, I mean, she talked about us um, kind of just re you know, we buy the latest Elevation or Hillsong record or whatever. And while we're leading, uh, the things that we do and, and to fill space are exactly what they did on the original recording. Or, uh, you know, we do the same uh, exhortations that we hear them do on the CDs and we're kind of living in their leftovers, you know. And the thing that rocked me is when she said, um, we, we, we hear the shallowness in your prayers in between songs. Yeah. And we're, and and your your song lyrics cannot be your deepest conversation about God. So so good. I mean, man, that is that's fire, man. Yeah, because I think the the people are going to sense it. I mean, we live, especially the like the millennial generation, the Gen Zs and stuff. Mm -hmm. They will see through in an inauthenticity, whatever the word is. Mm -hmm. Like they'll see through that in a heartbeat. And so I think for me building engagement man it starts with you as the worship leader and your team modeling it right you know what i mean like um if you're looking out and going i just don't understand how are the people not moving around and being pans in the air and then you look around your team and they're like statues staring at their music right right you know what i mean like you're modeling what an attitude of worship looks like yeah. in your culture and in Platform your context room. and so like you know one of the prayers that uh, I, I would tell people to pray is like, Lord, break down my barriers, allow people to let me see, like, let me show them my relationship with you. Like you said, like if I'm singing, it's your breath in my lungs. Like if that doesn't move me to tears and throw my hands in the air, like an outward expression of what God, like, I think some of the time, like I just, sometimes when I see people just sitting there, like blank face, staring at the screen and saying, like, I want to shake them and go, why are you not singing? Like your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Mm-hmm. Like when you think of that perspective of like, you are worshiping a God right now who paid the ultimate price so that you could one day stand with him in eternity. How in the world can you stand there and just not be moving around and be shaken? You know what I mean? Like if you have a genuine relationship with Christ and you're worshiping God, like I just don't know how you can sit there. So you've got to model for the people what it looks like to right. worship God. Um, and so like that's uh, my former church. That was always a big struggle. Like, Get your head up out of the music. Be prepared during the week. Man, let's just lead people. It's okay to move around. It's okay to smile. It's okay to drop to your knees. If that's what the Spirit right. is doing you, mm -hmm. do it. You know what I mean? But if you just stand there and just sing back to them and just, you know, like, don't be surprised if they're not engaging with you. Right. Let me give you a real practical example about how to do that if you're a, if you're a worship leader, and that is to look for uh, some moments that you can rally around worship. So I'll give you an example on one of our... Um, one of our locations, the band uh, and worship team getting ready for a Sunday. They're worshiping and they, they, are, they run through rehearsal. They finish up and, uh, okay, guys, as we're praying, how do we, how do we need to pray? Uh, and one of our team members, just in a moment of vulnerability, uh, it's part of our culture, uh, just said, just broke down and said, I am wrestling so much with depression. 
and so much anxiety over just life. And I think she may have even just kind of dropped to the stage a little bit. And so our entire team is around her now and is praying for her. This is, this is in rehearsal and, and, and coming and surrounding her, you know, praying through stuff in the green room. And so then as they're approaching worship, they're approaching worship as we are not singing songs today. We are doing battle in the heavenlies mm-hmm. for one of our yeah. team members oh, right here. And, and that changes worship on the platform, which changes worship in the room. And yes. so I would look for those moments. I wouldn't manipulate them, but I would look for those moments to say, today, here's the deal. Brian is struggling, but he is still coming and he is still part of our team. And he's, he's limping into worship today. And so we're going to carry him as much as we can. And our worship is going to, going to surround a brother. Uh, and I think when you give some more purpose on that, or you're telling stories of, let me tell you this marriage that was restored because of what worship did in their lives. I think that helps. Yeah. It absolutely. gives a good purpose. So, absolutely. I, if I, I have just a couple of practical things that occurred to me too, while you were talking is that, you know, like what you were just saying, worship doesn't, worship doesn't, doesn't begin once the, the Ableton tracks roll and you start mm-hmm. that first song, you know, like you're, if you're preparing the environment for your people and while they're coming in, you're still running around the stage, you know, cleaning up cables or music stands or, um, you know, the, the, the environment is not ready for them. I think you, you probably need to take a look in the mirror because if you, because you've, you've not, you haven't set the tone for them when they, when they get, get there, you know, I've been in services before and, um, you know, rehearsals finishing up and people are running around cleaning up and wrapping cables and stuff. And people are sitting there and they're supposed to be, you know, preparing, uh, to worship. I also, this is something that has hit me right between the eyes. This is a, this is a moment of honesty. Um, that whole, uh, hiding out in the green room versus being with the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and I, I will tell you that that is affecting the worship environment in our church, you know, myself in, in, in encouraging the rest of our team, um, to not, to not just be hiding out in the green room. Now we, we do go to the green room or uh, some space backstage to talk through details or have our prayer time and all those things. But, um, to be out shaking hands, to be out greeting people, um, that, that changes your leadership in the eyes of your congregation. Well, like you said earlier, how, how, how can you know the people if you're not with the there people, you go, you're man. not going to know your people. If all your only interaction with them is from the stage. Shepherds smell like sheep. Yeah. 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 I think too, if you're spending all your time in the green room, we're a multi-service format. So, uh, but I tell our teams, like, I want you in there at least one service because I want you walking into an environment where you know what's going on. And when we've had some special times, I've said to them, I know this is a little bit odd request, but I want you in the room for both services because I want you. Now, let me pause and say, uh, the majority of our worship comes after the sermon. So we're a little bit different format. So I said to them, you know, I want you in the room during all services, which means you're going to, I know you're going to sit through two sermons, but I need you to understand the environment that you're going to lead worship in without walking from playing something on your phone into the spiritual environment. And so there's, there's a part of that where you, where you ride along with that. I also, um, Man, some stuff unlocked for me when I heard from uh, Tim Timmons, who's a bit of a friend. Um, Tim was teaching a uh, workshop and talked about inductive versus deductive worship leading. So 
let me let me go deep for a second and it's super practical but inductive versus deductive worship leading uh inductive is is helping somebody else own what they feel or think okay that's inductive like having them own their own response deductive is they're giving you're giving something to somebody so i think about it like this so here's an example of deductive you say man god is god's good and he works in our lives in god good and he works in our lives that's deductive inductive you want them to own it is is saying something like this as a worship leader maybe between a song or as you're setting up you say something like this man i bet god did something in your life this week what was that now all of a sudden i'm thinking about what god did in my life now the next song that i'm going to sing is going to be in the context of what god did in my life very personal and not very inductive and not this yeah i guess he's good he's this god who's way who's way out there let me give you another example a deductive may, may be, you, if you said something like this, you know, we can come to God with our pain. You know, we can come to God with our pain. Well, it's very kind of out there and not very personal. So more inductive would be something like this. And th- think of, of one pain that you have. And now all of a sudden, I'm the guy in the back of the room that's kind of got his arms crossed or that I don't like this song or whatever. And I'm like, man, yeah, I had a pain this week when my daughter did this or when she said, uh, that she didn't like me or she broke up. Yeah, I had a pain this week. All of a sudden, now it's, now it's very personal. So you, you would say something like, think of a pain that you have, you've had. Now imagine handing that pain to God. Ooh. Handing that pain to God. And then, you're, and, then, and then as you're thinking about that, and my chains are gone. Come on. Now see how you just changed That's right. the response to that song. Because now I'm talking about not some generic chain. I'm talking about how God has freed me from the depression of this, or I've given him to this. And you can match different songs to yeah. things, but just making it the more personal that you can make it, uh, the, the better, I think. Absolutely. That's fantastic, man. Fantastic. This isn't my mic. Can I drop it? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an SM58. So, I mean, like I could run this thing over with a car. <laughs> It'll and... still work. <laughs> Brian was... He goes, do you know, we used to call SM57s back in the day hammers because you could hammer a nail in and then go out and mic up your guitar amp and it would work just fine. Uh And the crazy thing is we were talking earlier, like the technology for this mic we're talking on right now came out like right before Woodstock and has not changed since then. Like it's like the SM58 and the SM stands for studio mic. Fun facts. Interesting. Yep. (laughs) Nice. So, All right. Um. We got one more Number DM two. question. Yeah, we? we got one more DM question. As your church grows, how do you find and develop new leaders? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Something we all are dealing with. Yeah. You know what's weird? In a strange turn of events, Jeremy has agreed to answer that question. No, no, no. That is... <laughs> Jeremy always goes first. So I think it's, so it's actually, not a strange turn of events. It's, no, no, no. Strange turn of events was Brian going first. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, who wants to hit that? I'm actually I'm interested to hear because I'm I'm moving into a new church that uh, it has been growing, but we open a brand new facility my first week there. Y'all know, like usually, if I think I've heard the national averages, you grow by thirty percent just by putting in your new building, mm. people checking it out and all that stuff. So, and we're going for, like they do good production where they are now, but we're moving to a place where it's now it's sixty moving lights, five cameras, um, like it is. Big time production. So I, I'd be interested to hear strategies you guys have used. Um, I mean, Scott, in your six years as a senior pastor here, have you guys doubled in size? 
Uh, yeah, probably about, yeah. You know, so I mean, you've had to live this. So what are yeah. some ways that you have uh, worked through that? Uh, I think it's probably one of the, one of the biggest and most common, uh, most common challenges in churches. Uh, and it's easy to look on the outside and, and say, well, man, they must have great leadership. I think you have to be very intentional about it. I think Absolutely. one of the, one of the mistakes that we find is that we get, we get lazy in identifying leaders because we're looking for leaders that are already leaders. You're a leader in the marketplace. You've created your own business. You're in high level management. So you're already a leader and that's fine. Um, but even if you have somebody who's a leader in another area, you have to, you have to train them in leadership in the church because there's really nothing like the church. That's and so very true. things that are going to, things are going to, some are going to translate over some are not. I think the biggest mistake that you can make is just say a person is a leader here. So I'm going to assume that they're going to be a great leader in my church and we're just going to let them do whatever because they're going to bring their own style and practices and really not know church is going to have a different goal than business, all that. So I think even if you find somebody who's already a leader somewhere, um, you've got to orient them in the leadership of the church and what that looks like. Um, but I think here's what we don't, people like, I, I need some leaders and I need them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I would say to you, you can have leaders, but it's going to take you four or five years. I would agree. To develop the leaders that, that you really need. And so I, I think you have to be really purposeful and say, what kind of leaders do you need? You start praying for those leaders and then you start identifying and you'll find, well, man, in five years. So if you've got a 15 year old kid in five years, he's going to be 20. What if you invested in a 15-year-old for five years? Are you uh, invested in uh, a young woman who you thought had this had this great potential? And so um, we don't do like a super great job of it. It's one of those it's one of those areas that we want to continue to do better, and we're we're trying. But I'm finding some stuff that works. Is that that the most purposeful that you can be is through a one to one? Yeah. You know, you're, and I'd, I'd I'd like to wish it was different, but you know that one to one where you're teaching leadership because what you're teaching in leadership is is you're teaching somebody not the right thing to do you're teaching them how you think mm-hmm. here's how i think here's why wow. i make decisions wow. and so i'm always as i'm as i'm working with other leaders and trying to bring people's leaders up i do this with my staff all the time i'll say here's what we need to do but i'll say here's why is why we need to do it that's good so i'm with our worship team last week and uh, there was a, a light cue in the in the service that I told. I said I don't want to do that anymore. Like I don't ever want to see that light cue again. Uh, and here's why, you know, so they know why. And the why was because that light cue lit the whole room up, and I like the room dark. So now they know. Hey, here's the why. So then I so as they're making those decisions later on, oh yeah, I'm going to apply this why to it. So I want to tell I'm tell them why I think. And there's the whole system that we've heard before. If you're developing a leader, you know, step one is uh, you watch me do it. You yeah. know, step two is we do it together. Step three is I watch you do it. Mm. And we're talking about it the whole time. And then step three is, you know, you do it without me. And um, I think I think sometimes it's hard. We say that we want to develop leaders, but we won't give away the tasks that yeah. they really need. Man, and tough, because, yeah. and rightly so, if you're in a position of leadership, uh, you're there because uh, you're good at something. And so you're like, I could give this to somebody else, but they're not going to do it as good as me. Yeah. Truth is, they probably won't do it as good as you when you first start out. Uh, Maxwell said, uh, John Maxwell has said, you know, forever, if somebody can do something 80%, uh, 80% 80 as good as you can, give it to them. Mm. Uh, I was challenged, uh, Craig Rochelle would say, 
say not 80%, he would say 50%. Wow. With this caveat, he would say, I would give, I give a task to, to someone who can do it 50% as good as I can if they are somebody who is a developing leader and has the potential to turn that 50% into eventually 70 or 100 or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they can eventually do it 110%. There you go. Wow. Better than, better than you. But you're never going to know. At some point, you got to give somebody the ball and you got to let them fumble and make a mistake. And then when they make a mistake, go, okay, let's talk about that. And, and how did you learn from that? And so I wish there was an easy answer to it. Um, but sometimes it's going to take time. I had a kid that uh, years ago came to me as a high school kid, came to me and I said, I want to learn how to play guitar. So I started giving him guitar lessons. Is very good at what he did. Plus, he practiced a ton, and so uh, within probably probably eight or nine months, this kid was incredibly proficient, and I had taught him everything that I could and everything pretty much, but at least all of the basics where he could go and he could be a part of a, a worship team. And so, in eight months, I developed a, a, a guitar player for a worship team. That wasn't there before. Now it took me eight months to do it, but I got so. Now I'm not thinking next week or next month. I would look and say, I need a leader. What can I do that in eight months might turn into some sort of leadership or some sort of volunteer? So, um, not easy. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some investment on your part. So, what does it look like? So, what I'm hearing you say is you're finding developing leaders is about playing the long game, right? Yeah. But what do you do in the short term? Like, I've got to have a leader for this, but I don't have. 12 months to develop this guy. Is it finding somebody at that 50%, putting them in, letting them fail, and just spending a lot of one-on-one time with them? Or do you wait until that leader's developed and then give them a role? I think it depends. I think you have to calculate the cost because I would rather I would rather wait on an initiative and then put the wrong leader in there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because you put the wrong leader in, you're going to be cleaning up three times the mess as, as you have like just a lack of leadership right now. So it might be, an interim. I, I, so I don't know what leadership position you need. It might be an interim leadership. Um, it might be, you know, we just can't do this. You yeah. know, we're, we're just, we're not going to do this because we don't have leadership in place yet. Yeah. And I love, I love, and gosh, it seems like one of the words that just is constantly coming to the surface on, in our conversations is intentionality. Um, and, and I think developing leaders is one of those it's just one of those processes that you'll never be done with. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, people move, people change jobs and it takes them to other locations, whatever. I mean, you're always, you, you, if you're on the younger end, you're just starting out, you know, make, make space in your schedule for intentionally identifying and developing leaders because you're always going to have to be doing it. You know, right? what's interesting too in it is like, you said earlier, shepherds smell like the sheep, right? But can you imagine watching a flock of sheep? They go to the bathroom everywhere they want to. They're always trying to get away. Nobody wants to listen. It's gonna it be sounds f- like pastoring a church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? But it's, along the way, it's, it's going to be frustrating. It's going, right. But it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. You know, that shepherd says, you know, like in scripture, they'll leave the 99 to go save that one. Right. Even though in the middle of it, like, stay in it for the long haul because it's worth it. The, the eternal um, glory that you're building up in that yeah. is it's worth it, even though it's going to maybe frustrate the snot out of you at times. And there's really, as a, as a leader, man, there are, there are only, there's a pretty short list of things that I find more rewarding 
than stepping back and watching somebody that you have invested in mm-hmm. kill it. Yep. Like whatever they're doing, singing, speaking, running technology, whatever yeah. they're doing, when you're able to step back and just watch them step into the fullness of their God-given gifts. Yeah. There's there's only a few things I think in life that are as are in a, in a ministry life especially that are any more rewarding than that. That's one of the reasons it was it, it hasn't been quite so traumatic in my transition is because I spent uh, with the April who I've talked about here on the podcast. I think she came to me in ninth grade, and I mentored her for four years. And like I knew leaving, they can still run tracks, they can build Ableton, they can mm-hmm. set up pro presenter like. I'm not leaving them in a complete lurch because we spent that time developing April. And now she's just, I mean, she's a little overwhelmed, you know, like just graduated high school and I'm trying to run all this and help the church. But like, I see how much fun she's having getting to live out that role and all the hard work she's put in over the years. Like I can leave pathway and go, they're in good hands. Yeah. And I think you got the the servant and the sheep metaphor and all that. And I think sometimes we have the tendency of like, I'm looking for high level leaders. You know, if anybody ever comes to me and is like, they're not doing anything in the church, like I want to be a leader. I'm like, mm. leaders are found in the trenches. Ooh, um, yeah. So I'm looking for a guy that's like, you know, out changing a tire on a car, talking to the people that other people are avoiding in the congregation or doing whatever. Who's not afraid to get his hands dirty or her hands dirty. And because it's about servant leadership. Mm. It's not about mm-hmm. like, man, we just can't do this. Like again, ivory tower, I'm going to stay in the green room and you know, all this, all this kind of stuff. So I'm looking for people that like really understand it and are not, if people come to you and like, Hey, I really want to be, really want to be a leader. I'm like, or my goal is I heard before, like, well, my, my goal is to be an elder. I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah. You know, why, why is, and it may be something that God's put on your heart. Um, but it comes to serve because ultimately we're here to, to, to serve people and to usher them into the kingdom. And so Amen. we want to make sure we have that servant mindset. I, it, earlier you were talking about, um, or right now talking about how you finding and I defend those right leaders because what we do too many times, that guy was really successful in business. He's going to be a great church leader. Yeah. And how many (laughs) successful businessmen have run a church into the ground? It's not the same. Not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some leadership principles that transfer over, but, um, it is, it's a, it's a, the, the bride is just a different game. And I know there are people like, well, you, the church not in business, you know, like, well, we have accounting and we have payroll and we have HR, we have taxes, like Insurance. there's a business yeah, side to it, but there's also some things that we do, which make zero sense. A hundred percent. And the, we do it because the Lord's called us to do it. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. I, I think, uh, man, I think there's some good stuff in there and man, our prayer is just, we hope that this, um, these things that we're sharing with you will help to just this whole thing to entertain, encourage, and equip you to continue doing ministry where you are. Uh, man, just know there's three guys sitting right here. We're proud of you guys, nation, out there mm-hmm. every week yep. serving the Lord. And up. so keep it up. We're thankful for you. Um, and man, we'd even love to hear from you guys. Like, what are some ways that you're using to develop your leaders in your mm-hmm. church? Uh, and even back to the first question, if there's anything you're doing in your context you'd like to share with us, man, hit us at info at worshipleaderprobs.com. Send us an email. I mean, we'd love to have that engagement with you guys as we continue to um, come up with new ways and new ideas to love the bride. And so, uh, yeah, good times. Great times. Yep, yep. Can we do every podcast in the same room together? I kind of like it. It'd be pretty nice. It'd be nice if we did it in Florida. Well, yeah. <laughs> Nothing against is. the Hoosier State. Yeah, it, it would be awesome. 
Well, guys, hey, don't forget to go to um, experienceconference.com and get your tickets for the conference. Also, don't forget to uh, go to scottlongyear.com, pick up a copy of Soul Coma. And if you buy a copy of Soul Coma and mention Worship Leader Probs, you'll get his little ebook called Worship Leading Essentials. Full free. Gratis. So, I mean, I don't know how I can entice you with that one anymore. Um, and then also, too, if you haven't liked our Instagram uh, page yet, please go at uh, Worship Leader Probs and uh, give us a like. And then how, whatever you're listening to this podcast on right now, whatever platform, if you would give us a five-star rating. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. You know what I'm saying? Tell a friend. I don't know why. Every time you say that, I always think of that, hide your kids, hide your wife. You ever seen that? No. I'll have to play you the video. <laughs> you wear me out with the left turns that you take. Yeah. <laughs> In Alabama, there was like this fire or no, there was a guy like breaking into windows and the, there was like this gentleman and they did the whole like musical to it. How's your kids? How's your wife? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Cannot believe you never heard that. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to episode 39 of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. And until next time, see ya. Deuces. Arrivederci.